spreaders and welcome to The Spread. This is season five and I'm your host, Kaz. In today's podcast episode, I sit with two of my partners on what feels like a triad date as we kind of get to know each other better with an online game of 21 questions. We really learn so much from each other here and candidly discuss our most intimate moments both together and apart. It was really lovely re-listening to this podcast and falling in love with the way my partners love when we're in close proximity. I don't know if you guys listening know this, but we are actually in a long distance relationship. I actually am in long distance relationships with all of my partners. But I'll leave it up to you to decipher as you please. But please be sure to hit me up on IG with your thoughts or realizations. I do love hearing from you. We are on at the spread across the board. That's at the spread pod across the board. You can follow us everywhere. Please subscribe to our content. We've also began writing blogs to better help you understand the work that we're doing this year. There's a direct link in the show notes below titled blog. Please be sure to go ahead and subscribe to that on the website. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Subscribe to us on Spotify because Spotify is now in Kenya. Yes. Happy listening, guys. So we're here. We're going to play a um, express version of 21 questions where we're going to ask each other questions. Uh, for those of you that have already been following me on Instagram, you know that the three of us are in a triad relationship in the building. I have Magic Dyke. Say what's up. What up? Whoa. And then <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that very intriguing <laughs> introduction Hi, of thine self. Hi, everybody. I'm very excited to be back. This is my second time on the Spread Pod. And third. This time, third time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was a host at the Spread Fest virtual one. Mm-hmm. I forgot that you turned that into a, a podcast. A podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, this is my second time being in a conversation with Kaz on the Spread Pod. And I'm very excited to be back. I'm very excited to connect back with my Kenyan friends and chosen family and haters and whoever else is listening the press also i just need to let you know that like i have a huge i have a bigger american audience than i do a kenyan all right well in that case what up my american friends uh (laughs) it's nice to see you again thank you for following the work that i do in all the places that i do it and then we also have the beautiful che che which is just like a, a code name for dame Hello. Yankee, so um, please say hello. Hello. Um, this is the last virginity that I had, was uh, losing my virginity of being on the spread pod. This is my first time. <gasps> ah, I know. How does it It's, the last, one. One. it's we... the last one I had. Yeah. <laughs> so we need, that we need to go easy. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. She likes it rough. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Sips tea. <laughs> Oh, come on, you know. No, no. Veto. Veto. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me. And of course, we're, uh, I'm just really happy to have you both here because I uh, just, I love you both immensely and we have so much fun together and mm-hmm. we're going to share how much fun we like to have when we're... <laughs> okay, so, Ch- Dame Yankee, can I call you Che Che? Yeah. Okay. So, Che Che is my nickname for my boo. 
And um, I would like for you to go first because I would like for you to come first. Oh, boy. That's a, a loaded statement, isn't it? Okay, so my first question is for Cass. What would you do if you and your partner had a mismatched sex drive? Mm. You know, thank God for polyamory. (laughs) (laughs) That that was my intro. (laughs) Great start. (laughs) I mean, I think that's what polyamory is for. And I have been in a position with a partner where we have had mismatched um, intimacy. Was that intimacy? Sex drive. Sex drive. And yeah, because intimacy is a completely different thing. Um, So I... I'm happy to have a partner who I don't have any sexual interaction with at all. I'm actually, um, I have been in a situation like that. And I think you can, the, the greatest thing about polyamory and being open with it is that you can find your sex elsewhere because uh, intimacy has very many ways of presenting itself. I just had a Kit Kat. No, I'm, all I'm doing is burping Kit Kat. <laughs> Which is great for the people around me. (laughs) So, and the great thing about intimacy is that you can be intimate with your partner without it necessarily being sexual. Mm -hmm. Um, And the great thing with being being open, ethically non-monogamous, is that you can share the sexuality, the sex part of your intimacy with somebody else. It doesn't necessarily have to be with a particular partner. Mm. But I do know that that question would... Um, would help people who are in monogamous relationships a lot more if I answered it in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Even though I know it was directed at me, mm-hmm. I still feel like if I was in a monogamous relationship and my partner did not have a sex drive that was similar to mine, and I have been in that situation again, I would find different ways to please myself. I think is the mm-hmm. is is really the thing. I, I would find different ways to involve my partner if they were interested in different ways in which I please myself. So mm. having them there while I watched porn and masturbated, or having them there while I masturbated, <laughs> like, or masturbated in front of them, or behind them, or just I would find ways to involve them. Um, if they, if it, if that's something that they would be interested in, but, huh, I can't, I, I don't know. I think that's all I got. That's all I got for now. Okay. Who's next? Magique. Oh shit. All right. Um, my question is for Dame Yankee. Um, how many times have you been in love? Mmm, shit. Hmm, <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Discovering your queerness is revolutionary. And so for me, once I really stepped into that, the bar and my understanding of what love is totally shifted. So in my time and space of perceived straightness... Uh, absolutely. I was in love. And uh, there are two long-term relationships that I will say like that was, I was in love with both of them and it was a good time. Like I I still have a lot of respect for the two of them. Um, They check all the boxes. It ended in whatever ways it needed to end. Um, But from what I knew and understood of myself, I was absolutely in love then. 
um, stepping into being queer and finding that emotional connectivity, which I think was pivotal for me because, um, I didn't realize it was a deficit until it was filled. And then once it was, I was like, oh shit, Mm. like I can really feel to this depth and live in this depth and this, this connection, this like almost cosmic connection with someone. And so I would say three ish times, you know, cause again, the definition gets fuzzy. Mm. Um, but the, that third time was like changed the bar. So it's like a whole other path for the, the future. If that makes sense. It so, sense. yeah, I've, I've been in love three times by whatever definition they were in that time and space. I like that. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, oh, me. It's your turn, baby. <laughs> My God, like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> I know. I wish y'all could see the way Kaz was just, like, head tilted, <laughs> staring like... at, at Dane speaking so lovingly. It's like, I could literally see your little hamster running, just like, oh. My hamster is masturbating. <laughs> For clarity, hamster is uh, the little little guy inside your head that is like your inner, your conscious. Yeah, that's basically yeah. Who stays uh, giving you instructions and what to do? It's like tell your hamster to calm the fuck down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. So my hamster is an old Nigerian. (laughs) I think we should tell people about our hamster. A little segue. Okay. (laughs) Okay. A little commercial break of hamsters. My, my hamster is an old Nigerian man. Mm-hmm. My hamster is basically Huey from uh, the Boondocks. Just cute, young, urban little nigga to just be out here fucking fucking shit up. He's a fuckboy, which is why I do a lot of the fuckboy shit that I do. Because he be in my head like, hey, yo, nigga, tell that little bitch to fucking suck your dick right there, right? And then I'd be like, I can't say that. I have to respectfully ask, excuse me. Would you like to play Darling. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Would you like? Darling. Would you possibly maybe uh, ejaculate? <laughs> your turn. Tell us, Che um, Che. What's your hamster Oh, like? God. What was it? Uh, something about a pit bull. Called Karen. A pit bull. bull yes, a pit bull <laughs> named Karen. She is a fierce and loyal protector. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm. Yeah, I'm going to management. <laughs> <laughs> you know, know your position, know your privilege for good, for good. Amen. Not for fuck tell shit. Him, tell him. Where, where even were we? It's uh, my it time. was baby okay. girls. Okay. Trying to ask a question. This question is for Majik. How do you feel when others find your partner attractive? Mm. Mm. Let me grab the Jane. Is that the Jane Muga sound? No. <laughs> That's literally how I feel. I want to do Taekwondo in this bitch because, first of all, I know that my partners are incredibly attractive. But <clears throat> as I navigate other people finding my partners attractive, I have to, it's like this delicate balance of like, damn, I'm a little jealous when people start to express their attraction. Because mm. then it's like that little, like the hunger behind like their hellos, that little, you know, pep in their step when they're walking towards them or, 
the way that they talk to them when like serving them like when if we're at a restaurant <clears throat> or if we're at just getting coffee and like I'm a very observant person so like I, f I feel like I notice a lot of things that you know might go undetected by the like the naked eye but like because I'm so observant of my surroundings I see people looking at my partners all the fucking time <clears throat> excuse me and it's like part of me is like damn nigga, stop looking but then the other part of me is like damn yeah keep looking it's like when you are with people who you value and you see in the highest fucking like esteem it's it's beautiful to watch other people admire their beauty so i often have to like check myself and be like stop feeling insecure no one's gonna steal your girls chill out it's fine but most of the time it's like first it's a feeling of jealousy because i'm like anyone else who shows my partner's attention i'm like girl you know i get a little bit of like you know mine, to be specific mine, mine. right that little mine 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 <laughs> mine because to be specific when we went ziplining there was a group of guys that were showing Kaz mm -hmm. like extra attention mm -hmm. and in my head i was like bruh i get it she's fine as shit <laughs> Like, do your fucking job or else these people are going to fall off their fucking zip lines. You're not even watching the incoming <laughs> white people about to literally hit them fucking selves because you're too busy looking at Cass taking selfies of herself. And it's like moments like that where I'm just like, damn, nigga, do your job. You know, because they're too distracted by, like, the beauty of my partner. And for Dame, I know she gets this a lot because like we're both performers. Mm. So when we're back home, it's like I see people approaching you after the show and they're just like, oh, my God, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God, can we connect after the show? And I'm just like, ain't no fucking connections here. Like, no, <laughs> pay her. And then we're going to go home and use the money that she just paid her to fucking buy our dinner. Like, stop. <laughs> She doesn't like you. <laughs> so there's like this this little like jealous, overprotective, you know, energy that I have when, when other people are like, you know, looking at my partners. And I remember specifically, remember that one dude? I already know what you're going to say. Oh. <laughs> we had a fucking, we went out with one of our friends to like a, um, what was it, like a holiday? It was a Wundergarten in downtown D.C. See, you remember, because this, mm -hmm. this man was out of pocket. He, this was a super fan who recognized Dame, walked up to her. My friend and I, like Eva Mystique, was, was sitting there chatting. Hi, Eva. <laughs> <laughs> and this whole-ass, grown-ass man walked up to Dame and was like, oh, my God, I recognize you from the brunch. My friend was there, and yada, yada, yada. And this grown-ass man put his crusty dusty lips on my fucking girlfriend in front of me and both eva and i looked at each other like did he just kiss her right here he just grabbed her and put his arm around her like pulled her super close and it took everything in me to be like magic your partner is a performer <laughs> she will have moments where she is recognized by people and she knows how to handle herself mm -hmm. so in moments when people are overstepping boundaries I know that her elbows are strong enough to cause <laughs> bloody noses. So, like, I mean, it, I have to check myself sometimes because I'm dating two incredibly attractive people. And it's just, I like when people admire the beauty, but then sometimes I do have jealous tendencies. So it's like, I'd be like, damn, stop looking. It's mine. It is, it is fun to witness when you do get in that mode of like, yeah, that's all me. Like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Will Smith hand, like, <laughs> right, exactly. check them out. 
had I had a partner um, that I was with who didn't take me out. We went. Oh. We I swear to God, we went out. We were we were in a relationship for maybe a year, maybe maybe a year and a half, maybe two. And he never took me out because he hated that people looked at me. Oh my God. And it doesn't help that you're recognized literally everywhere. Everywhere we have gone with Kaz, y'all. I'm talking like the coffee shop, the- The The pilot. The pilot, the pilot of our plane. Like anywhere we have gone. Boying. I was like, I ain't never seen no pilot look out the fucking window and wave to the passengers. I'm like, How can you wave at us too? Damn, are we not humans? Like, no. Cats, cats, cats. It's like, welcome back to blah, blah, blah airlines. I would like to say that my friend Kaz is sitting in the back. A5, A5, Kaz, yeah. I see yeah. you. I love no, you. No, they knew because there were passengers taking pictures of her anyway. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so I was but saying. It's, it's, yeah, you're recognized everywhere. So, like, it's beyond you being beautiful. It's like you are known out here. Mm-hmm. Mm, but either way. I didn't even know how known I was until you guys got here. Then I realized it. It's like you guys bring it up all the time. Everywhere. Because, baby, everywhere we go, someone is like, oh my, oh my God, God, Kaz. Are you Kaz from the spot? But I noticed you from a mile away. It's like we're wearing masks. Is she the only person with a little pineapple head haircut? Like, <laughs> it's my tat. It's yeah. not your tat, babe. It they is. can't. Bruh, Judy from the fucking coffee place recognized you from you getting out the car. She couldn't yeah, see your fucking tattoo. True. She saw your little head and the little the way that you wear your hair. That's what it was. Because you have a fucking face mask on. Hello to Judy from the coffee shop in Nanuki. I love Nanuki coffee. Hey, let's not get distracted, y'all. Let's get back on track. Okay, whose turn? Che Che. Oh, shit. Okay, this one goes to magic. What disgusts you? Damn. Um, What disgusts me? I think... What disgusts me? Fuck, I really got to think on this shit. Because it's like, when it comes to what? Like, are we talking about morals? Are we whatever talking about, you, like, bodily? Whatever resonates. Fuck. I think something that disgusts me is, like, when it comes to people's, like, characters, uh, I tend to find people that are, like, really, really self-absorbed to the point where you are, like, you disregard other people around you. Mm. Like, people who are just, like, it's my world and you're all just living in it. Mm. There's, a, there's, there's a part of me that's like, I embrace so much. And like, I think love is one of like my core, 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 genuinely core foundations. And it's like, everything I do is rooted in love. So when I see people who are like, so self-absorbed that they don't really see the world outside of their lens, I'm just like, bro. Or what benefits them? Yeah, it's like you do things mm-hmm. strictly because this helps you level up or like step up. Like you step on people in order to get to the next place. Like you literally just just that. You step on people to get to the next fucking place. It's like that shit makes me like it's under my skin and it's like but why? Like it's it's not a dog eat dog world when we can all be like you know, I help you and you can help me. We can it can be like a symbiotic relationship. It doesn't have to be like a I'm going to take advantage of you and then mm-hmm. throw you out when mm-hmm. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had shit like that happen with me, like in my drag career and like just me being an artist. It's like a lot of people who prey on like the, the, 
I guess the innocence and like the that wonder and like that like just genuine energy that a lot of artists carry. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of people who are just like like brands or like you know managers or whatever people who are higher up on the food chain, so to speak. Because a lot of artists we're struggling people we're struggling because it's hard to to make yourself known as a solo artist and it's like people who are like well you can do this for exposure it's like when you know you got the fucking money to pay your fucking people it's like who the fuck wants exposure you know it's like people who are like "Mm, i could pay this person or i could just make them think that this 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 is a lucrative opportunity and they need me more than Mm -hmm. i need them type shit and i'm just like "Mm, no Lots of narcissism in the performance world. Uh, yes, there's uh. lots, lots of that. And there's a lot of people just thinking that they're doing you a favor by you per- performing for them. And I'm right, just like, when it's really self-masturbatory. Ugh. Right, and it's like, you're not doing me a favor by giving me a platform. You're not doing like the next artist a favor by offering exposure. Because exposure doesn't pay our fucking bills. Exposure does not help us unless you're exposing me. If it's like CNN being like, it's for exposure. I'm like, I mean, I guess, you know, but if it's like your regular, regular, you know, fellow artist being like, I have the resources, but I'm not going to pay you. Like that shit just gets under my skin. Cause I'm like, why, why try to play the people that are genuinely trying to like make a living from the things that they do? You know, it's like the undervaluing of artists or the undervaluing of like people who you perceive to be below the food chain. That shit makes me just... It disgusts me because it's like character-wise, it's like that's not a person of virtue. That's not a person who's like, you know, about their shit. A lot of people talk the talk, but don't really, you know, do what walk they're supposed walk. to. Yeah. So. I will call. I will call you out though, in like in the sense of not in negatively but positively because oh, so a call in. Right, a call in oh, because man, like babe. over the past. <laughs> It's been really cool over the past few years. I've been in so many backstages with you and, and in your your drag journey. And it's been so incredible to witness your like evolution in recognizing those characters. And like, yeah, they're self-absorbed, but they're fucking miserable and they don't belong in my life. Mm. But also it's been really, and who, Gemini side coming out, don't be um, <laughs> is like, I have seen people that will underestimate you at the beginning of a show. I'm backstage with you, getting the vibe of the backstage and there's like drag queens that are in their head or whoever, whoever, and then you perform and they're drooling over you as soon as you get off stage. Mm-hmm. Or there are people that are like fluffing you up like, oh yeah, this will benefit you and things like that when you have double their followers. So it's like, it's been really, really, really entertaining to be alongside that and and the way you shake things up and get people to see like, no, I don't give a fuck about any of this, but you will mm-hmm. see me for me. Mm-hmm. And you could respect it or not, but I'm still going to be out here mm. doing the thing, so... I just want to applaud your evolution in that because that's been so much fun. Oh, I love, I love to see that. Like, oh, fuck. I should have paid attention to this person because I just dismissed them. Yeah, I was going to say, I I am like a whole five, five and a half. And (laughs) I'm a very soft-spoken person. So I like, I just blend in the fucking background. So in a lot of backstage areas, people just bypass me. Like, you can have whole ass performers walk in and people won't say hi to me. And I'll just be minding my business and listening to my music, literally getting dressed or whatever. 
and like I'll have whole ass performers not even pay me any fucking mind Mm -hmm. and like part of me I'm just like it's all good I don't you know I'm not here to perform for you so it's like people will just like Dame said like disregard me completely just Mm -hmm. disregard me because I'm the small non-binary black human in the corner and then when I perform and like I come back in the same dressing room with like triple the cash yeah a whole (laughs) lot of cash like to the point where I need help caring and it's not even to brag but it's just to say that like my supporters ride hard for me and the people mm-hmm. that love my art love my heart and they, they fucking show up. So it's like when I come back and they're like, wait a minute, damn, I got like $5. This little non-binary babe over here has like, you know, they're struggling to count their money and carry their money. You know, oh, hey, do you have an Instagram? Can I follow you on social right, media? Right. And then they're like, wait a minute. Oh, oh I wait. want you in my brunch. Wait, I want do you, you in wanna... my show. I want right. you. And it's like right. that shit where I'm like, you, you see my value when you see the potential that you have to prey on it. And it's like, that's that's not how shit works. It's like, I don't And you could have just started off by being kind. Right. You could have just. Right. So simple. You ain't even got to be Your kind. baseline should be. It shouldn't even be kindness. It should just be human decency. Yeah. Saying hello to somebody. Hello. Right. Hi. Hmm. I'm excited is, to have you here. Yeah, you don't need to be an asshole. It is ridiculous how many times I've seen other performers like just disregard or producers just be messy and disregard you and go from total disregard to, oh, hey, I have a brunch. Oh, hey, I have a show mm-hmm. within the same show. Within like the same I've had backstage. people hit me up like I perform, I walk in a room, no one says anything to me. I perform, get my shit, leave because I usually leave early after my shows. I get home. And the same people that were fucking ignoring me are in my DMs talking about, hey, Magic, I have this show that I would love for you to come out. Mm-hmm. And I usually leave them on red because I'm like, you didn't even say hi to me when you when you just saw me as just a human. But the minute that you can find something to prey on and something that produces value for you mm. is when you want to start engaging with me. And that in itself is disgusting because, because it's like human humans wow this gin it's fucking gin it's like we have value simply by existing you know i don't see kaz and i'm like oh shit let me go check her stats real quick let me go do this let me go before see i she make is. a decision on whether yeah. i want to interact with them or not yeah because yeah. this shit is like why the fuck does it take this superficial nonsense for you to value me as a fucking human mm. being so because they're superficial Fun True. fact, I get this a lot when I'm in the States, mm-hmm. right? Also because nobody knows me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And the anonymity is wonderful, right? So I always get the, like, I bump into somebody in a bar or whatever. And I, I always, I always get, like, I guess it's different for me because I get treated different here because people know me. Mm-hmm. So being in the States, <laughs> I become a person. Like, <laughs> <laughs> an ordinary regular <laughs> it's so different for me i'm just like it's boring like do i need to line up to get into the club what is that <laughs> i remember the first time leaving kenya and like having to line up outside a club that was in london i was just like what is this nonsense this shit does not happen to me back home <laughs> And this week's podcast of the week is the Kiskapades podcast, an amazing podcast that evolves around the four pillars of life in the 21st century, health, wealth, love, and happiness. This podcast is hosted by John Talewa and is both light with touches of heavy. It's the perfect balance that you need to get through your day. Please be sure to find a direct link in the show notes below. Now back to our podcast episode. Yeah, no. 
Chay Chay, mm. this one's for you. Mm. Are you keeping any secrets that you're afraid of letting your partners know? Mm. That's the thing is that that's this is something that I've been like really working on over the past couple of years. And I would say like my most vulnerable secret is thinking it was a family curse. And I've, I've shared that with the both of you. So like if I've been willing to share that, mm. I genuinely can't think of like anything else that I've been keeping. Um, the, the only thing I will say, actually, I take that, I take that back. Um, it's been more of a recent development, but the conversation we had earlier today when we were talking about hierarchical um, polyamory and recognizing the impossibility of certain expectations, I picked that up from the jump. I picked that up from day one. And it was something that I kept to myself because it was something that I have viewed as something that you guys need to come to terms with. yeah that you guys need to to figure that out versus being like hey actually, so, <laughs> actually i've been here for three years and i just met you so <laughs> i can't really level the playing field here um that that gives y'all enough background where it's like as much as you want to work for having a level playing field it's difficult when someone's someone's being brought into a relationship that's been established for several years so mm. I would say that that was the one thing that was keeping from y'all, but it was because for the sake of understanding and development and emotional labor, you guys had to figure that out. Mm. So. Wow. No, that I really makes me appreciate think that. Of. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think I just lost my thought. It was the, it was, I think it's a parable is what they call it. Mm. So it's like one of those things where it's like if a kid cries for the razor, give it to them. If they cut themselves, that's their problem. So it's like here we are just being like, it's going to be non-hierarchical. And then we're like so adamant on it. For me, it took me a while to even define non-hierarchical because I was like, I think we're talking about different things here. Mm. But thank you for your thank you for your answer. That was beautiful. Can I add on? Yeah. So and I had this conversation with you, Magic. Um, but I think the reason that I was so adamant and I feel like I'm the one who instigated the non-hierarchical is because I've been in so many poly relationships, not so many, but, um, my other partner and I have been together for three years on and off and it, I've always been the other partner. I've always been the other partner. And for me, it ne- it just, it didn't fit comfortably. Mm-hmm. So now we are at a place where we're non-hierarchical in our relationships. So, and I just, I felt like we're now at a place where we're really comfortable in the space that we're in. And I know that I don't want to have a hierarchical relationship with them. So they do have other partners, but we don't use we because we're not in a triad mm-hmm. or or like any kind of that kind of um definition of a relationship where we're only dating exclusively individuals mm. um or rather she's dating individuals exclusively then um there's no primary partner mm-hmm. so if she doesn't have a primary partner mm-hmm. i don't have primary partners right. and in that sense there's no 
hierarchy. So right. between us, she has other lovers who she loves. I have lovers who I love. Mm-hmm. And so there's no hierarchy in that. And and for me, our relationship before that was that I was she always had primary partners and I was always the other person. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want that anymore. And that's the our relationship changed into what it is now, which is such a, we're in such a beautiful place. And so I just kind of felt like, hey, maybe like all my other poly relationships will not be hierarchical. But it Mm. doesn't work like that in a, doesn't necessarily work like that in a triad or Mm -hmm. a quad Mm -hmm. or a relationship that has, that is polyamorous where you're sharing partners with your partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm willing to challenge at least at some level, like granted it might become a non-hierarchical structure. But you're going to have more connectivity with someone. You're going to have more of a history with someone. You're going to have more of a friendship with someone. So there's going to be a a bigger, stronger foundation with one of the members of your dynamic. Mm. And so, like, you might work towards having a level playing field. But the journey to get there, it's it's uneven. It's uneven. Also, just to add on to that, I feel like the connectivity will switch. Absolutely. Especially... If, you, if this is a life that you've chosen to live with your partners, mm-hmm. I feel like you will be closer at some times. Mm-hmm. You will be closer for a year. You'll be closer, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also just having the grace to go through those periods together, mm-hmm. knowing that at different points, people are going to have different relationships, different connectivities, and that's, and that's cool too. Right. Yeah. I think for me, the non-hierarchical part comes into, like I was saying earlier in our conversation, it comes into play when I'm thinking about like the core values in which we all share. Like there's no like, I love you more than I love you. There's no like, I care about you more than I care about you. Cause it, to me, it's like just existing as a human being means that you're worthy of love and compassion and empathy and, and, you know, being prioritized. So it's like, for me, when the non-hierarchical part comes into play, when I'm talking about like my core values, so it's, it's like, yes, time will change the different dynamics and other things like that. Like the ebbs and flows of the relationship will be as, you know, the circumstances allow them to be. But when it comes to the different ways in which we base our relationship core values of love, communication, honesty, <clears throat> transparency, emotional labor, it's like I see the same playing field. Because it's like, I have the same love for strangers as I do for people I've known for all my life. Like, no one is worthy of more love or less love. It's just, I've chosen to give my time and energy and emotional labor into you two. So it's like, there's no like, this is, you know, you were higher up, so you get more love. You were lower down, so we don't care when you're upset, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, I see you both in the light that is like universally the same you know that's what bob marley preaches one love there you go to kind of build off of that though i will say like while it's while i i absolutely see that the general theme that you're talking about that that is my drink thank you magic just took my gin and tonic magic Uh, you've had enough you're drunk go to bed go to bed out And this is, I guess, a bit of advice for people that are trying to navigate triads, quads, whatever it might be, Um, because this kind of builds off of that 
hierarchy, jealousy, competition, whatever, I had to reframe my position in this as like, I'm not competing against Kaz in my connection with magic, right? I have a connection with magic and it's individual. And I have a connection with Kaz and it's individual. And we're all going to connect with each other in different ways. And so instead of focusing on like, ooh, who's more connected or who's more genuine, you know, everyone's working from their own lens. And so just focusing on your relationships being the most fulfilling and and the best that they could be for your own lens. Mm. It took a bit to it took a while to get to, but I'm I'm really glad that while we could have the general like Yes, compassion and love for people, but also recognizing your individual role um, was really, really, really um, pivotal for me. This question is for you, Kaz. List the best qualities you have to bring to a relationship. This. (laughs) Yeah, plus. All right. Yes. So, number one. <laughs> yes, it is. I would like to go on record and confirm that Kaz has a bomb ass pussy. It's lit. I should stop drinking. Turn my mic off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Unmute your mic and clap for magic. <laughs> Zoom meetings are the worst. Anyway. <laughs> okay. No, for real, baby. What? Are, ask the question again. List the qualities. List the best qualities you have to bring to a relationship. I think that one of my best qualities to bring into a relationship are compassion. I think, oh no, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck compassion. (laughs) Fuck that gay bullshit. Fuck compassion. I'm not compassionate. (laughs) I think empathy is one of the Mm -hmm. biggest ones. Mm -hmm. And it's a blessing and a curse, Mm -hmm. as we know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a bigger blessing than anything because I feel like I'm very in tune with my partners a lot of the time. And, um, And so I'm able to tell if the vibe changes or if somebody's feeling unwell or if somebody's... I'm highly 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 sensitively empathetic and i think there's a word there's another word for that it's like uh similar to indigo do you know anything about indigo babies indigo Mm -hmm. child yeah flower child Mm -hmm. there's another one that i am i I found the other one i can't remember what it is but i think it it says a lot about my empathetic self and i think that's one of my um beautiful qualities because um yeah, just because I'm 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 able to detect when things are off and I'm also able but the downside of it is that when things are off then I go off and and that is not necessarily a great quality. It's a blessing and a curse. Empathy is a blessing and a curse. Something else I would say is that I am actually a pleaser. I I love to please and so this is a great quality to bring sexually but also i like to serve so and this can also be a blessing and a part and a curse because of my planning thing that mm. i <laughs> that i do because i like to serve so i want the plan to be perfect for my partners and for my friends and for my family so i actually realized that my i realized the other day that my cousins don't get together unless i plan it 
They oh. will not meet. And we have cousins meetings that only happen when mm. I plan them. Mm. Or family meet gatherings or whatever. Mm. Otherwise, I just, like, I don't know what's going to happen to my family when I die. Like, they'll never see each other. <laughs> that's not, that's really morbid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're not going to laugh about that. <laughs> but, yeah. um... Yeah, my my willing to serve and my willing to please is is a great attribute that I think I bring into relationships. And my humor. <laughs> yeah, that one girl. is not a curse. Oh, I don't know. It's not a curse. To do. Mm. No, it's like, not a curse. It's perfect. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think those are three. I know. Mm-hmm. I know they weren't supposed to be three, but like, let's cap it there. Yeah, I like that. That's cute. You're so fucking wonderful. I love your empathy. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about you. And your compassion, even though it's been bumped down to number four, apparently. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Compassion. (laughs) Your ability to, 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 you know, when it comes to me personally, your ability to read me and to know that when things are wrong, Mm -hmm. even if it's in how I say hello or how I text you back or how I walk into the room, your ability to just look at me and be like, babe, what's wrong? I'm just like, damn, I just fucking breathe different. I'm like, shit. <laughs> you know, I think that's one of the beautiful things, you know, about our connection is your ability to, to be empathetic and not just to like feel sympathy because like that shit is whack. You know, I don't want someone feeling sorry for me. But like when I go through hardships and you're just there riding the emotions with me. And I think that's one of the things where it's like, yes, it's a blessing and a curse at the same in the same way. But it's like it's only a curse if you're not aware of the different boundaries that you can put up. And I think that's something that you've been working really hard on, putting up your uh, emotional boundaries and energetic boundaries. So I'm here for the ride. You know, I want to help you help yourself. Just to let you know that when Che Che and Magic came to visit in Kenya, they brought me a whole bunch of crystals that they specifically picked out to help with my empathetic journey and like how to, how to also come out of spaces that my empathy takes me to. Cause sometimes it's really hard for me to get out of spaces and I stay in them Mm. for so long and it can turn into a depressive spiral. And, um, so they were really specific when they picked out a bunch of crystals for me, which I think is so beautiful. Thank you. I love you both so much. <laughs> your, your gifts are so thoughtful. I mean, we love our little empath and we got to make sure that our little mm-hmm. empath protects herself because mm-hmm. it's like to be an empath without protection, it's a dangerous place to be at. And there's a lot of emotional fucking vultures out here and there's a lot of, especially mm-hmm. someone who is in the public eye all the time people mm-hmm. are always energetically draining you mm-hmm. even if it's people just on your fucking instagram scrolling mm-hmm. down your page there's just so many energy vampires so it's like to protect yourself is to to truly truly know your fucking worth you know if you had a bunch of diamonds you wouldn't leave them shit sitting at a fucking restaurant you know you would hide them shit somewhere in a safe Make sure that shit is locked somewhere, you know, multiple locks, some guard geese, you know, security geese and (laughs) shit. Yeah, put some security geese around that shit. And like, you're worthy of protection. And, you know, as an empath and as all all the qualities that you possess, you know, I don't perceive them as a curse per se in in your way and not to invalidate you. But it's more so like without the right protections, they could be used against you by people who prey upon 
you know, those qualities, you know, it, it, in a world that's so fucking rigid, it's a fucking superpower to be soft. It's a superpower to be mm-hmm. vulnerable. It's a superpower to be so in tune with yourself that you do not mind sharing your nakedness and raw vulnerability with the world. Mm. So, you know, it's not a blessing and a curse. It's more so a, you know, complicated gift. Yeah, it's a complicated <laughs> gift. I love that. <laughs> so you just got to learn how to navigate yeah. it properly. And it's like, you've been doing that shit. So I just want to affirm that. You've been relaxing more and going with the flow more. I see mm-hmm. it. We both mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. And look how it's turned out. We've been out here having adventures, random adventures, and not stressing. You're leaning well, into it. I think there's been some stress. <laughs> there's been a lot of stress. <laughs> I mean, been some, some challenges. Challenges, yes. <laughs> this, is, this is part of the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Kaz, this is for you. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Blink. Lots of slow <laughs> blinks. Yeah. Staring right into my soul. Slow blinks. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. Fair. I hate best or most favorite questions. Yeah. yeah. Best mm. compliment I've ever received. What's one of your most favorite? I don't keep track of compliments who keeps track oh, of so compliments many. I I, wait a minute i keep track of compliments i, I, I actually it's one of the few things i have a most favorite of yeah to be yeah fair. i keep track of compliments do are you supposed to no you're not supposed to no okay please tell me uh, let right, me you just can, change you, that i, change I it's, it's actually it's actually funny because it speaks to the the hamster that you guys have designated for me but um as you know i don't like like what's your best or most favorite because like people are more dynamic than that but in this case hi anthony if you're listening uh one of my most favorite compliments ever was uh you're a pit bull for nonprofits, and i got that in grad school undergrad i'm not sure but for me i was like oh i'm so seen right now <laughs> so it was it was really cool to have a classmate be like that person gets it and we'll mm. fight for good. Mm. And I've been doing that ever since. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really cool to be seen as that before I was even in the professional mm-hmm. world. So, Fuck. yeah. And so, like, Pitbull <laughs> named Karen kind <laughs> of, Come kind of works. Full yeah. circle. <laughs> uh, for me, it was uh, so backstory sociology class, uh, college before I dropped out. Um, we had a group project, and everyone chose. We, the whole class chose to work together and I was just like, absolutely not. There's no way I'm working with like fucking 30 other random strangers. Like, so I was like, I'll do my shit by myself. And I, I made a, um, a video. It, the project was to make a video project on one thing that you are passionate about. So I made something on human rights because I was like, I can't pick something, just one thing. And I think our cl- my the rest of my class made a, a video on like student loans or forgiveness, and I was like, I'm gonna do human rights because like that's what makes sense to me. So I found a bunch of different videos and facts and shit like that, and I made the video by myself. But my professor had asked me to put the credits as in like sociology class and list everybody's names. I was like, whatever. But at the end of it, my professor had uh, sent me an email saying that like one day you're gonna change the world. Mm. And that shit stuck with me for fucking ever. Because here I was, just the quiet, socially anxious, fucking, too fucking shy to work with a fucking group 
of people and like the fact that I opted out to like, I was like, I'm going to do my own thing and I don't care how long it takes me to figure out how to edit a video and do the shits. I think it's still probably up on YouTube. It's the video itself was called be a voice for the voiceless. And it was about like different human rights violations around the world. And I was like, how can you pick just one thing that you want to change in this whole fucking world? And I don't know, to, to, to work on something really fucking hard and have your professor just be like, yeah, there's something special about you. You know, that shit has stuck with me forever. And it's just everything that like people, people, people write to me a lot as magic, like as my Mm -hmm. dragging persona. And people are just like, you know, because of you, I felt the courage to leave my 10 year marriage and, Mm. I am now living my best life. And I'm like, whoa, wait the... F- hold up. You left your marriage because of what? Because of me? Beards and titties? Damn. You know, it's shit like that where I'm like... A catalyst for change. It's like, if if I can inspire just some form of authenticity in somebody, I'm like, that's really all I want to do is help people realize that you, you ain't got to live the life that you're given. You can kind of like make up your own rules. Not even kind of like, you can make up your own rules and you can truly be the change that you want to see in this world. And you have full control and full power over the actions and the reactions that you have to the world in regards to being yourself and being authentically you, so... I receive a lot of compliments that are like eye opening and keep me going in a non superficial way, you know. I mean, I think the same for me because I can't pick that favorite that best. Mm-hmm. I have like I receive so many messages from from the spread followers mm-hmm. who are saying life changing things, you mm-hmm. know, and I mean, honestly, that's the reason why I'm still here today mm-hmm. because. The naysayers are more, you know, I just, but the, but the truth slayers, <laughs> it could be one motherfucking truth slayer and that person will slay all the naysayers, you know, so. I don't like interrupting you, babe, but I will say, <laughs> I would like to interject and say that you have more lovers than you do haters. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason. have to be quiet. Yeah. And not only that, but I think your lovers are very loud. They it's are. just that yeah. you, True. you True. are more, uh, what is the word, Sus- susceptible? Like you hear criticism louder than Empathous. you hear the love. Empathy. Yeah. And no, no, no. It's not the empathy, baby. That's not empathy. You hear the criticism louder than you hear the love actually can i counter what you're saying yes baby you can counter what i'm saying (laughs) on my on my page and in my dms and in the comment section i receive more love than i do hate yeah but in the country of kenya i have more haters than i do lovers Mm -hmm. they don't hate to me they hate Mm -hmm. to each other they have their Mm -hmm. own platforms they Mm -hmm. talk shit about me i have the government against me I mean, there's a lot more tabloids alone. Yes. I have a lot more hate than I do love. It's just that I'm not in the spaces where the haters are. I'm Mm. only, I've only allowed myself to be in the spaces where the people that love are. Mm. And so I actually do receive more personally. I see more love than I do hate by far. Mm. I have like 98% Mm. lovers and then that 2% some asshole that I'm going to block on Instagram, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But there's more people that that, that dislike me and say um, um, things that are not nice about me, whatever. Mm. And that's mostly because they don't even subscribe to the work that I do. They don't know the work that I do. They don't know the reason that I'm doing the work. Mm. So, whatever. You're right. And I just want to apologize 
for invalidating you in my statement, saying that you hear the criticism louder than you hear the love. I do not want to take away from your experience. And I just want to clarify that from my perspective, which is a closed lens of your world, you know, obviously I can never experience life from your shoes. And I just want to say that I'm sorry for invalidating you. No, no, no. I mean, it's also what you said was based on how you see it. So mm-hmm. it's not invalidating my experience at all. There's no need to okay. apologize. Just making sure, because no, I no, was no, like, no, wait no. a minute. No, no, mm. no, not at all, babe. And also <laughs> because um, I know a lot of the things that you're saying are about, like, you know, the one time that I got dragged that you were there for. Mm-hmm. And that shit was loud. Mm-hmm. And that shit was mm-hmm. the only shit I saw. I didn't see the positive coming mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. That shit was loud. That shit, that shit almost killed me, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember. And the bitch of it is, and this is something that I've talked to the both of you about, is that like the work that we do individually, whether it's just some background for myself, I'm a a therapist that specifically focuses in LGBTQ and sex therapy, magic as a drag performer, and then you all know Cass, Um, (laughs) is that there's so much taboo related to our work Mm. that there's a lot of silent love. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like genuine, like pivotal life-changing support that we will never hear of Mm. because they have to be in the shadows. They have to keep to themselves, but they see you and they love you. Mm. And so that like the both of you, you will never know the true impact, the true ripple effect Mm. you have in the world Mm -hmm. because there's so much of your audience that cannot acknowledge that they're your audience. Mm -hmm. That is true. Damn, babe. Mm, this is why I fuck with you (laughs) shit she be saying shit to me like that when I'm like in my spirals and I'm Mm. like I hate it I'm gonna delete all my pages and disappear Mm. and crawl in a hole she's like no 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 no. (laughs) what you're not gonna do is that but like real talk though like the work that you do is extremely important you should only I'm sorry baby go ahead question is what makes you angry y'all give me all the hard questions I want the fun shit what makes me angry Okay, okay. What makes me... No, I take it back. Okay, what's your question? What makes you come? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I... Jane Mugo type one. Oh, wow. Y'all can't see it, but Cass just did the Jane Mugo fall and got back up. <laughs> Baby, you're gonna rip off your fucking mic. Oh, oh my god oh oh yeah, oh, yeah. baby you're okay. so cute <laughs> but she didn't dance in her thing no that's um, my little ending oh my god what makes me come i love being fucked hard i love absolutely love hard penetration like if you're gonna fuck me and you fuck me slow i'm gonna be bored and you're gonna see it in my face because i don't like to fake orgasms anymore um <laughs> at Never mind. I, <laughs> stop. I fucking love this. Oh, Dana Gemini. Um, yeah. So what makes me come is being fucked hard, being fucked intensely and passionately, and with just some sort of something emotion. Even if the emotion is just like, oh god, I'm so fucking horny and I want to take it out on you. Fuck me hard and I will come. That's really it. There's out no, of, and you'll be out of commission for days. Level fucking. Yeah, I'll be out of commission. Like my pussy is very sensitive. So you like out of commission ever. First of all, if you fuck me hard enough to my liking, 
I will not be able to like do anything for the next couple of days because yeah. my pussy will be like hurt, hurt, like sore. Ariana Grande, side to side. Stop. <laughs> I be walking like a fucking penguin, like side to side. <laughs> no, but real talk though, that's that's genuinely it. And I think I think that was my biggest struggle fucking with femmes. And it's like I'm just like fuck me fucking hard. I'm tired of just fake moaning my way through this shit, but I'm going to do it because... Stiletto nails in your pussy. (sighs) (laughs) I will say... No! (laughs) Stiletto nails in my pussy actually felt kind of good, but that's because the person who was working them, stiletto nails knew what they were doing, but probably didn't come because they weren't fucking me hard because if they were fucking me hard with still they would have cut you they would have fucking right. edward scissor hands my fucking oh. pussy <sighs> and i'm not about that life that's not my king if you're into that i fuck with you i support you but yeah to answer your question kaz what makes me come is being fucked hard being fucked hard oh so now it's my turn now mm-hmm. we're gonna do like speed round of questions because like okay yeah because okay. we gotta go yeah, we do have to go <laughs> things are thick literally uh, what's what's your favorite type of porn this is both to you che che and to kaz oh fuck my favorite type of porn i find squirting fascinating but i'm picky with my squirting um i also i nine times out of ten i'm looking up um femme masturbation femme toys it's it's usually solo play and it has to be like a a believable orgasm. That's usually where I'm at. Mm. But but believable orgasms is like my baseline criteria. I am the type where I will be like on page whatever the fuck on looking for. Right. <laughs> and then I'll have like multiple tabs open cuz I like having yeah. 17 options. Mm. Yeah. Really? Mhm. Oh yeah, I will do like the the right hand click open to a new tab, open to a new tab, open to a new tab. So I'm just like, you know, shopping. Mm -hmm. And then there's just... Window shopping. Right, there's like 17 tabs ready to go. Mm -hmm. Very picky. That's also why I don't watch porn too often is because it's such a commitment for me to be fulfilled by it. It takes hours just to However, I won't won't plug the person, but I have recently... um, bought memberships to specific sex workers websites and when you find the right do sex worker y'all shit, boo. right when you do the right when you find the right person and it was the first time where i've ever watched a porn from beginning to end like ever ever so um the person isn't paying me to to plug them so yeah. <laughs> here for it so yeah but find the right person and pay for it and it will uh definitely change your criteria mm. with porn consumption can I plug the person? No. no. Okay. Because it's my membership. You're and right. It was my You're response. Right. <laughs> Consent. <laughs> and now your turn. Um, my favorite porn. I have two favorites. So hentai, uh, which is like anime, um, Japanese hentai, um, or gay porn. Mm. Black gay porn specifically. Mm. My question is for you, Magic. Yes, baby. Um, what is the most favorite romantic, sensual, or sexual activity? With each of you individually, as a thruple, as a couple, what do... 
There's so many Because the thing things. is, it could be romantic, it could be sensual, it could be sexual, it could be either of us, it could be neither of us. <laughs> Whatever, like, speaks to you the most. Um, I'll start with you, Che Che. My most romantic moment was when we were in London sitting on... In one of the high towers, one of the dates that I had planned for us, we were just literally overlooking the fucking skyline at night eating fancy ass fucking desserts that cost way too much fucking money <laughs> we were surrounded by a bunch of rich folks and i was like mm, i'm a whole ass scripper paying for this meal with my scripper dollar bills <laughs> but it was really romantic because it truly felt like we were on top of the world and most sensual moment was yeah that one pivotal fuck that we had that we were both just like damn she's not my friend <laughs> you know like she's this is not just a friend i'm in danger truly and here we are here we are um when it comes to you kaz i remember so many moments where i'm like sensual intimate where it's like i guess i'll start emotional because it's not sensual or intimate but when I, it is intimate in a level that's not sensual or romantic it was just just emotionally intimate when I don't remember what I was doing. I remember I was crying. I don't remember why I was crying, but you were on the phone with me and you started singing to me. And that was really like emotionally intimate. I don't know if that answered the question. That answered a different question than I want to ask. But it was when you started singing to me at one of like my lowest points. That was like something that was like, whoa, so many feelings. And romance-wise, um, you have so many cute surprises that you do, and you're so fucking wonderful when it comes to, like, affirmations and, like, gift-giving, mm-hmm. that it's like, I can't mm-hmm. just pinpoint one moment, because I feel like I'm at a state of constant, like, surprise when it comes to you. It's just like, you do so many little tiny things that aren't tiny because the gestures and like there's so much thought like the earrings that you sent to me like the 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 you know headphones that you sent to me it's like it's not really the material aspect of it but it's like the thoughtful aspect of it in every gift that you give there's like meaning behind it and those are like ways that I count as romance because it's like that's your way of, of giving love you know, so I perceive it as romantic because it makes me feel loved to have someone look at me and be like, mm, you know what I'm going to buy my baby? This. And when it comes to offering time and like just too many moments to pick from when it comes to romance, sensual moments. I think earlier today when we got a chance to, you know, be physical in a new way. That was really sensual because there's so much that goes on within our dynamic. And it's like you can walk past me and like touch me and it feels sensual. Like you can just like graze your fingertips on my shoulder while we're in the kitchen. And I'm just like, (sighs) you know, like (laughs) there's so much sensuality in who you are as a person. And like, you know, earlier today, part of our affirmations was telling you that like, you know, you're sensuality is one of your superpowers so it's like you're just a very sensual being you're just 
always horny and just always ready to fucking go. So like everything can be sensual with you because it's like one look and I'm just like, God damn, she wants to get fucked right here. <laughs> like shit. I was like, baby, this is a Wendy's. Like, is, ma'am. <laughs> We're at a fucking Wendy's. But yeah, so sensual moments, I think the the dom sub dynamic that we share those moments are really fucking meaningful to me and they're really fucking just like mm. just highly sensual and just highly fruitful and oh my god speaking of dumb sub what the fuck i can't even speak dumb speaking sob. dumb sub i just had such dim sum. A, dim sum. speaking of the dumb sub dynamic i think the moment that we shared at the like the beach house with among the three of us mm. when yeah yeah <laughs> when when my role was to set up the fucking lights and camera and whatever else i was a supporting role in watching Che Che dominate uh, Kaz, it was so fucking sensual. Like, the fucking air was just, like, dripping wet, if that makes sense. Like, it was just, like, every breath, every exhale and inhale, it was just, like, fuck. This is some highly intimate, sensual-ass shit. So there's just too many moments to pick from. Like, when it comes <laughs> to, like, us individually and us as a triad there's just so many fucking moments Mm -hmm. i can point to and be like this was really romantic or a dinner at the rooftop or you know Mm -hmm. date night over here and like yeah it's a lot of good shit cyber sex oh my god don't even get me started on cyber sex (laughs) it's just oh my god I have a question yeah but say i thought you have one last yeah but y'all are done with questions oh you right okay big zaddy do you think a throuple should split costs Che-che. Oh yeah. You Do you did. think a throuple should split costs? Um, in certain situations, that's impossible, because like with all the, the 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 meals we've had, it's not like we're gonna like oh here's three different cards, right? Um, I see it as a, a monogamous relationship, honestly. Like you trade, like you get this cost, you get this cost, you get this cost, you know. So it's like it's. You rotate and you try and make it as fair as possible or as even as possible. Now, granted, it's important that you uh, check the like finances of each person. So, for example, if I wanted to take y'all out on like a full-on seafood feast thing, it's because I can financially handle it. I it's wrong of me to expect either of that from like you know either of you if you weren't in that kind of spot. So as long as it's equitable. I think it's right to to split costs, but you have to be mindful of where each person is at and check your standards. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Going Dutch is for the Dutch. I've loved treating y'all to the meals that I've had. Like I get joy out of that. So. Yeah. Also, letting that happen too. Like maybe you have a partner that loves doing that. That's one of their love languages. Mm. So let them have that shit. Like let them treat you. My love language is gift giving and spending money. I just wish I could afford it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, it depends on the person, Uh, but I think it's it. You can't exactly say like yes. You should always split all the time because. If you want to splurge or if that person's in a tight spot, that doesn't really take that into account. Mm. Yeah. 
and uh, that's it, that's it, folks. Uh, 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 uh. How does that thing go? Thank you guys so much for listening. Just a quick round. Um, where do people follow you on your socials? Where do you want people to follow you? You can find me at, at Dame Yankee, D-A-M-E-Y-A-N-K-E-E on Instagram. Um, you'll have to give me some grace because I'm currently sitting on like 600 requests because of the spread pod that I need to get And that's through. only at the time of the recording of this podcast. <laughs> yes. So I am picky. Um, so yeah, just, just, I'll get to you if you qualify. <laughs> Um, you can find me at magic with a J M A J I C dot D Y K E. That's on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, all the things and all my pages are public. Therefore you can follow me (laughs) without any vetting process. (laughs) And of course you find us on at the spread pod or Kaz Karen Lucas on all the platforms across the board. And if you missed any of those things, please just check the description box below. Everything is listed. But from us, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and please be sure to join us on our social media platforms as we continue these conversations. I love to talk about my relationships and my ethical non-monogamy all the time and I can't wait to learn more from you guys. Is this something that you're practicing? Please, please, please just slide into my DMs and let me know how you're feeling. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time. Bye. Expose yourself to me too Because I want your love Will you give me love Make my dream a reality Cause I know